You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and this is Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports and the Locked On Indians podcast. We have a jam-filled show for your Monday morning commute. Uh, the Indians made a minor trade. We'll discuss that. The uh, Indians got through this really easy part of their schedule. Uh, Trevor Bowers' uh, explosion today on the mound. There's And the trade deadline under 72 hours away at the time that I'm recording this. So, yeah, it's going to be a packed full show. So let's just dive in. The Indians lost today. Um, the unfortunateness is while they went 3-4 against the Royals, the uh, White, the Twins did the same to the White Sox, so the Indians ended up gaining no ground today. Uh, should we just start out with the offense, go through the positive? Um, no player had a multi-hit game in this one for the Indians, but there were, you know, Bowers had two walks, uh, Luplo had a hit and a walk, and those are the only players who managed to get on base twice. Santana did have his 22nd home run of the year, Jose Ramirez is 14th, and his 9th in the month of July. Think about that. He had five from what we start at the end of March now, it feels like. You know, from the beginning of the year through the end of June, he was at five. And and two of those home runs came at the very end of June. Uh, he is on a tear. So he had his 14th, nine this month alone. Luplo had his 11th. He had been in a bit of a cold streak, so that was good to see him get out there and hit. Also nice to see uh, Ramirez hitting fifth against a lefty. It, we'll see if this stays. Uh, Freeman was playing instead of Kipnis, and actually, I, I preferred that. I liked the lineup construction today. I'm very critical all year about with Tito, but uh, you know when he does the right thing, I always have to be very complimentary. And this is a lineup I like: Lindor, Mercado, Santana, Luplo four, Ramirez five, Perez six, Bauer seven, Allen eight, Freeman nine. Uh, that's perfect to me. Uh, they got six runs. That's enough to win most games. Not this one, though. Um, so before I get into Bauer, Cole and Olsen did their job out of the bullpen, which is interesting because I think when I talk to most people, those are the two names that come up as who the Indians would be likely to uh, send down or release if they get a, another relief arm this year. Uh, Tyler Clippard gave up one run in one and two-thirds innings. And Trevor Bauer. Uh, we'll get into the meltdown, but eight total runs, seven earned. Gave up nine hits, walked four, had a wild pitch, struck out just six. This is one of his worst starts of the year against, I mean, Kansas City has been playing better offensively since the break, but this is still not a uh, a great lineup by any means. So let's go to the implosion of Trevor Bauer. Um, I mean, he, well, first off, let's go into the silliness where people are trying to say oh that's going to affect his trade value that the uh him throwing a ball into center field trevor bowers trade value is going to be affected who's going to want that knucklehead and it was funny there was a i'm not gonna say which reporter in cleveland was like i could tell that they were already getting tired of his stuff they might just let him go for nothing and then you go over and you look at uh john Heyman, who's tweeting right now who tweeted not that long ago at the point that i'm recording this podcast that the Yankees, with Stroman out, are down to three targets because they really want um, a right-handed bat, I believe, in particular. And it's uh, uh, it's Noah Syngarden, uh, it's um, Madison Bumgarner. I know he's a lefty, uh, and isn't 
well, we'll get back in that, and Trevor Bauer. And the feeling is that two of those will not be traded, and one of them would be very hesitant to trade to them. So, yes, you have local media saying that Trevor Bauer is going to be given away because he has no value. Then you have national media saying that he is one of the uh, premier pitchers on the market. So that's uh, that's just kind of one of those funny to-dos. So Bauer is struggling. The Indians enter the uh, the fifth inning. They're up 5-3. to three. Bauer's given up three runs. So it's a single ground rule double and then a walk. So bases are loaded. And then uh, an infield single scores a run. Single, sh- uh, single that is shallow to right ties the game up. And he finally gets an out by striking out Bubba Starling. And then another single. So this is a pitcher who's already struggling. We have one, two, three, four, five hits and a walk before uh, he finally gets taken out. And he is so mad when he gets taken out that uh, he throws the ball into center field, which is just a, it's a peewee move. But again, uh, you don't have to go back that far to, uh, why am I blanking on the closer? Uh, When Chapman was traded, from the Yankees to the Cubs in the same calendar season that uh, he shot a gun at his wife and he netted Glybar Torres in that deal. Um, uh, what happened with Roberto Asuna last year, and he still netted major pieces. Uh, those are domestic violence claims. This is a guy getting mad and throwing the ball into center field and not hurting anyone. Um, it's great for your for writers. It's great for a narrative. But at this point, he is still one of the premier arms. Uh, available. I mean, just look at Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman is a very good pitcher. He's a solid number two. He just doesn't miss enough bats. And he's a ground ball guy who's going to struggle in front of that horrible Mets defense. He's not your prototypical number one. Bauer, at least last year, showed that he can be a front of the rotation starter. One can make a strong case that Bauer is the better trade candidate than Marcus Stroman. They have the same amount of control. Stroman's a little more steady. Uh, but his diminutive nature also makes him more of an injury concern, and that has arisen. Bauer is not the biggest guy, but he has been extremely durable when he's not playing with drones. And again, he has had that high-level performance. So, uh, yeah, I don't think today is going to affect Bauer's value on any level in the slightest. And I would just ignore any local media that makes that point. So we... uh, I'll talk about the Stroman deal. It was a bit of a surprise for me just because I thought he would net a little bit more. Uh, the Mets, and I did not mean that as a bad pun, sorry, uh, but it wouldn't be a pun because it was Nets, not Mets, whatever. It's a bad rhyming scheme. But uh, I think, uh, here's my general feel. I've never been a huge Anthony K guy. He can miss bats, but he's a 4-5, and I felt that way dating back to when he was at Connecticut. He's had arm problems since then. Um... He's playing well this year, but when he made the jump from double to triple A, he just started getting beat up badly. And yes, they are using a different baseball this year, but it's the same baseball they use in the majors. So if you can't get past triple A hitters with that baseball, it's not going to be pretty when you get up to the majors. He's a back end starter. The Blue Jays get him, um, get a lefty back end starter with six years of control who's pretty close to the majors and a pretty safe guy at this point. Um, Simon Woods Richardson is interesting. I really liked him heading in the 2018 draft. He had a so-so spring, 
and it kind of caused him to slide down boards. And I thought I was aggressive when I gave him like a th- early third round grade, uh, just because he had all the things you look at when you want to look at a guy who has more growth potential, young for the draft class, really good athlete, had some advanced secondary offerings. And uh, the Mets ended up popping him at the top of the second round, giving him $1.85 million, which is first round money. And he was pretty terrible last year, to be honest. But this year, he's been fantastic in uh, low and in high A. Strikeout rate over 10, walk rate a little over 1. Uh, the control is there. Yes, he's probably not going to add much more velocity. And the fastball is not going to be ever a plus pitch, even though he can get it up to mid-90s because it doesn't have a ton of movement. But uh, there's there's a chance for a mid-rotation starter. And uh, he's such a Blue Jays pick with the young first class walk and strikeout rate like I, if you don't know about a guy the blue jays acquired as a pitcher you can almost bet his strikeout rate is over 10 and his walk rate is under three that's just that's how they operate all their minor trades are even that way and i think personally that he was the centerpiece for the blue jays in this deal i think anthony k is a good piece but i think he was the secondary even though i know most places K is rated ranked higher. That is my feel just with my experience of scouting the Blue Jays. Okay, it's time for a wonderful word from our ads. Um, we just keep getting more of them, and I'm very thankful um, because as I get more followers and more ads, this just helps this podcast go. Manscaping. Uh, support of Lockdown Indians comes from Manscaped who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. That's 20% at manscaped.com with the promo LOCKEDON. I mean, if you're going to clean up down there, you want to be safe. That's all I'm saying. And another great sponsor is Bombas. Now, you guys out there know me. I am all about comfort, and Bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. Plus, for every Bombas purchase, they then donate a pair to someone in need. You can find out about what feet dream daydream. Ugh. Find out more about what feet daydream about at Bombas.com. Use the use the promo code Locked On, capital L, capital O, today and get twenty percent off at Bombas.com. Remember, that promo code is locked on. You're getting really comfortable socks, and you're helping someone in need so you can feel good about your purchase. Remember, that's bombas.com, promo code locked on. And we are back. So the Indians made a minor trade today. Uh, it's It was actually um, thanks to Tampa's trade earlier in the day where they acquired Eric Sogard for a pair of players to be named later. Um, I'm betting the value of those is based on how much Sogard plays because right now Brandon Lowe uh, still does not have a date from when he's going to return from his injury, which, side note, opens the door for Oscar Mercado in this AL Rookie of the Year uh, chase. But with uh, Lowe down, Yandy Diaz is on the DL for the second time this year. And Joey Wendell, who was fantastic last year, has been pretty terrible this year. So Tampa went out and got Eric Sogard. And again, I bet the player to be named laters are based on performance and amount he has used. But he'll slot in for them. Well, they need to clear a spot on their 40-man. Tampa's 40-man has been an issue for them for a while. The Indians made a a trade with uh, you know uh, getting Chen Chen Hugh from them for a, a, a late round athlete because again they were under that 40-man crunch. Now here's kind of my 
my you know asterisks on this deal. So the Tampa decided that the player to let go was Hunter Woods. The Indians were able to make a deal to acquire Hunter Woods, or Hunter Wood, I should say. And but here's the issue: Tampa needs to add like two arms for their bullpen um, at this trade deadline. That is probably their biggest weakness on their entire team. And they're still willing to let Hunter Wood would go, even though he plays the position they are the weakest at. So obviously the valuation is not super high on Hunter Wood. He is a two-pitch guy, uh, fastball cutter. Uh, you look a lot of places listed as a slider, but it's a cutter. He'll use his change, but it's not very good. He's an undersized guy at six foot one, but he has a high release point and his his he has mediocre fastball velocity he's low 90s but here's an interesting thing on hunter wood if you go over to Statcast, his fastball spin rate is in the 92nd percentile so yes his fastball velocity is 54th percentile but this it's spinning so heavily that it makes that pitch which should be like a you know an average pitch it makes it maybe above average a little bit better than that and that's why he can have success uh He's always had really good control and command numbers uh, in the minors. Uh, he can spot a pitch. He, you know, you can see immediately how he's the Indians type of arm. Uh, aver- above average control in command and a high spin rate on his fastball. Now his curve spin rate is really bad, but that's that curve is not a pitch that he really uses um, hardly ever. Uh, yeah, if I pull up StatCast pitch arsenal, 0.4%, so not even half a percent. Uh, the slider is at 29%. Again, that's his cutter. Fast Forcing fastball is at 59%, and the changeup at 11 He should just, I mean, that fastball slide, or fastball cutter, I should say, is, is the bread and butter there. Uh, he's been effective this year, and he's been effective over his minor league career when you really get down to it. Uh, this year, the home run rate and the hit rate jumped on him a bit, and but the Indians have not been uh, bothered by home run rates over one. So at, he's going to AAA, but I assume at some point he will get a shot up in the majors to make room for him on the 40-man. They moved uh, Jeffrey Rodriguez to the 60-man disabled list, 60-day disabled list, and you know they still have Carlos Carrasco. They could move to the 60-day. Um, Juan Carlos Mejia they could it would start his service time clock but I'm not 100% sure they'll keep him on the 40 man uh, just because of he was just not as he didn't make progress this year Um, so they have some options even if they were to make another trade but I think that he could be an upgrade over the back end guys Uh, we'll see what happens he'll go down to AAA they'll start using their own approaches and seeing if maybe they can get a little bit more out of him that's part of the reason why when they acquire someone like him who's kind of fringy, you send him down to the minors. Pitching instructor can work with him on some specific things. You just have to go back a year to when they uh, acquired Kyle Dowdy around this time, who they also got back today, if you uh, you missed that news. the He was offered back to the Indians, who uh, took him back. Uh, I think they had to pay like 5000 back to the... Uh, the Mets then who were the original team who claimed him and paid 50000 for the right to try him out. Uh, he had some injury problems and he was assigned to double A today, but Dowdy's velocity jumped six, seven miles an hour when he joined the Indians. They worked with some things with him. So I'm not saying you can expect that every time, but if there's even a little jump in the velocity um, with uh, Wood just due to his uh, 
his high spin rate, it, that fastball could become a, you know, a plus pitch uh, sooner rather than later. And uh, you just have to love the uh, the <laughs> extremely long hair and the very well maintained. Uh, you know, we talked about manscaping earlier. He uh, clearly, from his pictures, he spent some time maintaining that facial hair. Um, so that's uh, that is Hunter Wood. He's again, I, he's a good ad. Christian Arroyo is kind of the bigger name in this deal, though. He's a former first-round pick. Back back when there was talk of the Indians first trading a starter, back when it was more like, would they trade Carrasco or Salazar? And the talk was like, oh, they could trade him to the uh, the Cubs for Javi Baez and um, uh, Jorge Soler. And, the, you know, that the talk at that point, and this was years ago. I'm, I'm trying to... <laughs> can't remember exactly what year but i remember that talk every single time the giants were also a team that was discussed and it was christian arroyo was the guy that the indians liked well they finally get their guy via tampa he was the centerpiece when tampa traded evan longoria to the giants now again tampa trading evan longoria was more about getting rid of his salary because they realized that uh he was kind of uh done uh, the Giants were willing to take a risk. They went out and got Longoria and Andrew McCutcheon, two older players uh, that just didn't cost as much. So, yes, they got Arroyo, but he was... Uh, at, here's been my issue with Arroyo whenever I've seen him in the minors. Teams have liked him because it's a sweet swing and there's a chance for a plus hit tool. He has no power at all to speak of. He doesn't run well. He doesn't bring anything outside of that hit tool. If everything works out well, you know, he's a, a plus hitter at second base who is an average defender at second or third and because the arm is the only other strong tool. So second or third, above average hit, everything else is going to be below average. He's not going to bring any power. He doesn't run well. He doesn't move well. And in the minors, he was just never impressive. I have never came away from again. I had the misfortune of seeing that San Francisco uh, Rochester Squirrels team so many times, uh, and I just always bemoaned it. Um, it was him and Tyler Beatty and um, Brian Reynolds, and Reynolds actually was the most impressive of that group by a, a large margin. So the Indians got Arroyo. He's currently on the 60-day DL. He's not going to be back until August. Um I've bemoaned many times on this podcast, the Indians' upper system, uh, middle infield choices are pretty bad. Uh, that's how we ended up with Max Morhoff and Eric Stametz to start the year. What Arroyo gives them is someone they did like, um, and a player who is likely to be given a chance to compete next year. Maybe they feel like there's something there that they can fix or work on, um, I saw people like automatically being like, he's the Kipnis replacement. I would not go that far. Um, he has a chance. And this trade was more about 2020 than now. Then he saw a chance to get a former first round pick, a former top 100 prospect, um, a guy whose swing at points was called, you know, whose hit tool was called the best in the minors. Um, the Indians saw a chance to get that guy for virtually nothing. And they took the chance and they got a useful arm as well. Um, it's all about his ability as a hitter, and and that's just what it comes down to. When you look at, you know, even his other uh, stats throughout his career, he doesn't walk a lot. He he doesn't strike out a ton either. But just one of those things. Very low walk rates. Like he's 
it's all about his ability as a hitter. If he's not like a, a 290 hitter, he's just not going to be successful because there isn't any power. He doesn't walk. He doesn't run well. And that's what really limits his upside at this point. Again, he'll get a chance to compete next year. He's going to be there with, uh, with Yu Chen Chang. I don't think this automatically means Chang is being traded. I saw that as well. Just because I think that uh, Arroyo is, uh, is far from a guarantee at this point. He's, he gives them another choice. He gives them someone in the upper minors, which is something as an organization they lacked at this point. So they get those two players. And the Indians trade up, uh, trade away Ruben Cartagenius, who was a 16th round pick in uh, 2018, just a year ago. And what's nice for Tampa is he's not Rule el- Rule Five eligible until uh, December uh, 20, uh, 2021. So for a team that does have that, you know, crunch there, uh, this is the second time. I believe the other player, Giante Turner, was also from the Indians 2018 draft class. So uh, the Rays are grabbing guys that they can don't have to worry about for a while. They can see if they can develop, and great if they do, and if they don't, at least uh, they've opened up. Because this trade essentially in the offseason opens up two spots for the Rays because Hunter Wood and Arroyo would take spots in their 40-man. So they opened two spots in the future. It's only one spot now because Arroyo was on the 60-man, but there is no 60-man DL after the season ends. So Cartagenius was... Uh, kind of an afterthought draft pick and he's played really well this year um at lake cat lake county i believe uh hitting for power hitting for average there's a lot of he, he's a a name that came up where people were surprisingly impressed with him he does a bit of everything he doesn't really excel in everything there's a chance for you know average tools across the board uh, potential fourth outfielder, and there's also a chance that he, you know, never makes it to the majors, as one would expect of any prospect. But he's a prospect with the arrows pointing up right now. Um, so I understand, again, arrows pointing up, and there's a long time before the Rays have to worry about 40-man, which is an issue for them. And then they got 250k in international money. The Indians have been throwing around that international money. They got the guys they liked, and then they're just trading it away. So again, they you know they traded a guy who was I would think about for the Indians top thirty prospects, but wouldn't have made it. So a non top thirty prospect and two hundred fifty k in international money pool, and they got uh, you know a, an interesting arm and a player who is a fallen prospect who if he works out great, if he doesn't, again it costs them almost nothing. So that's that's the deal today. Uh, the other thing I have to speak about though is. Because of the weirdness of the Stroman deal, Stroman went to the Mets. No one thought the Mets were going to be buyers. And Stroman was the only arm we knew was 100% going to be traded at this trade deadline. So all of a sudden, there is one less pitcher and the same amount of buyers. Um, You know, if the Mets decide to keep Thor and keep Wheeler, which there's been some talk of, um, the, the market just gets very small. I still can't see the Reds holding on to uh, Tanner Roark. You know, it, it gets to the point where you're going to help drive up the Indians' value. I do think Bauer should fetch more than what Stroman got because, again, the high end is there, which it wasn't with Stroman. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I still th- am leaning more towards them trading Bauer. Um, but I don't think anything that happened today hurts his overall value, and I think that he is going to be 
one of the hottest names over these next three days. And before we go, I am running long, but no one complained about this. So I want to throw out one last name to look at for the, the Cleveland Indians, someone they should target. And I realized I misspoke last week, I want to say, when I said Charlie Blackman, when I went to say meant to say Corey Dickerson, who's over at the Pirates. Corey Dickerson is can play all three outfield spots. He is 30 years of age. He had that really weird season with Tampa, where then Tampa gave up on him. But for his career, you know, this year he's got a WR, WRC plus, you know, runs created plus of 119. Last year was 115. That year at the Rays was 115. His career is a, is a 116. He just keeps performing well. He can play multiple outfield spots. He's got, uh, let's see, you know, if you just want your base stats. Uh, the home runs aren't there this year, but uh, again, he just he gets on base. He can he has doubles. In the past, he had a little more power, um, and you're not getting him as anything other than a rental to help you right now. Um, so when you're looking at the big picture with him, he just seems like a nice bat from the point of view of wherever. If you get him, he can help you in multiple spots in your outfield. Um, I was hoping they would list it here. What he's mostly played there. He's mostly played left field this year. Um, maybe not, uh, you know, ideal in center anymore, and not your best pick for right. But again, he gives you options. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. He is purely a rental. But he's an interesting rental because of his ability to play and the consistent production. So that's uh, that's kind of a throw out there. You know, we've talked about uh, Yasiel Puig. We've talked about some other guys. So that's kind of a, a quick 10 seconds or more than that. Quick minute on uh, Corey Dickerson. I want to thank everyone for listening, uh, rating, reviewing, all that stuff. Numbers are way up this month. And uh, we got a lot to talk about. I, the trade deadline is, you know, uh, just a few days away. We have not many shows before uh, we'll get there. So hopefully we'll have a lot of interesting things to discuss every day over on 24 seven sports. I'm going to, I already have my Marcus Stroman trade review up. There's going to be one up about the minor trades. Um, Jake Diekman to Oakland, uh, Sergio Romo to the twins, Eric Sogard to the Rays and the um, wood and Arroyo trade to the Indians. That'll be a second piece and it's already gone to the editor. So it should be up soon. That's scouting baseball at 24 seven sports. And as always, go tribe.